everybody. It's your boy Clayton Jackson, also known as Dago Diddy, man. Uh, welcome back to my podcast session, man. Today I want to talk to y'all about growth. You know, sometimes you'll grow and you only realize you've grown, but sometimes it takes you to go back to a spot that you used to go to and, you know, revisit it and be like, damn, all these years have passed and this is what it is or this is how it looks or whatever the case may be. Well, this weekend in particular, I took a trip up to L.A., spent the weekend out there, man, bugging out. It was a beautiful thing, man. Great time, man. Can't complain about none of it. In the process of being in L.A., um, I took a trip, man, to go eat down on Crenshaw, this spot called The District, right? Uh, Now, for me, I'm from San Diego. Uh, San Diego and L.A., man, when I was a youngster in my teens and 20s, when everybody was active for their neighborhood, San Diego and L.A. really weren't on the same page. You know, red, blue. It just really wasn't the same page. So when we used to frequent Crenshaw as youngsters back then, there was rules to that shit, right? Um, now, my relative, Mike, he's the one that actually put me up on going up to Crenshaw. Because uh, Mike, he was going to college up in the L.A. area. And, you know, he was... He was kind of like Trey and Boys in the Hood, man. He he knew where he was going. He had a plan. But then he was hanging out with the Doughboys and all that down in San Diego. And, uh, you know, but he was always that dude that was like, hey, I'm going to go here. Y'all want to go? We'd either say yay or nay. A lot of times we would boo it because for us, you know, everything was San Diego or a bus. If it wasn't down in Dago, we didn't really want nothing to do with it. We repped where we were from. We lived how we lived. And from what we heard from NWA and Ice T and King T and you know all them cats, man. L.A. was not the place where we wanted to frequent. Their music we could listen to, but as far as going to L.A. and hanging out, that wasn't really our scene. But one day, Mike was like, "Hey, I went up to Crenshaw. It was off the hook. You got to come check it out." Blah blah blah. I'm just like, "Yeah, okay, whatever, man." He's like, "Now nah, let's roll up to Crenshaw." All right, cool, Mike. You know, what I'm saying I'll roll with you. Cool. And he's like, "But before we go." There's some rules that have to apply that, that you have to agree to before we take this trip to Crenshaw because I don't want to get killed. And I'm just like, man, you bugging, homie, but whatever. What are we talking about? He's like, well, when you get up there, it's not the same as San Diego. So you can't wear all that red. You have to wear something neutral. Now, that's the first step because at that particular time, your boy was active. So at that particular time, I'm thinking, go someplace and not wear red. Where the hell? Like, why the hell? What the hell? Why would I want to do that? That doesn't make sense. Why am I going to sit there and try and hide the fact where I'm from to go see something in somebody else's city? That doesn't make sense to me. But that was part of the rule of rolling with the rally was, hey, look, either you're going to blend in or we're not going to go. You know what I'm saying? All right, cool. I'll blend in or whatever. I'll put on all black. Let's just roll up with that. I'll put on all black and let's mob. Because you also have to watch what you say because you can't speak the same way that you speak down here. Now, I know that some of y'all who didn't live that life but have seen it on TV and so forth, um, every neighborhood and every gang has their vocabulary. And we all can tell just from one word where somebody is from of how you're saying it. One letter changed, one way of pronouncing that joint. You know, okay, this cat is from such and such. You know, as simple as cat, K-A-T, C-A-T, depending upon where you're from. Go figure, right? But I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll go along with all of this because I want to go check out Crenshaw myself. I've heard stories. I've heard tales. So let's go check out the Shaw, man, whatever. We roll up there, right? We get to the Shaw, and uh, it's something I've never seen before. You know, down here we have what's like Highland, and then you got like Fan Bam on a Sunday, which was like the swap meet, outdoor swap meet on a Sunday. We might go down to South Mission, 
But Crenshaw wasn't like that. Crenshaw was something totally different. It was a long stretch of a damn street. I'm like, how long does this street extend? But when you get out there, you see all these people and the females out there. Man, the females were worth wearing all black just to try and slide in and infiltrate the system. You dig? So we're hanging out on the shawl. And I noticed from what he's telling me about dressing in all black, because now I'm looking around and everybody on this block is in blue. And I'm thinking, man, this is totally opposite because we're in San Diego. That's a red city. You know what I'm saying? It's like voting and politics, man. You got your red cities. You got your blue city, right? San Diego is your red city. So you get up here in another city and everybody's in all blue. And it's comfortably in all blue. You see like a sprinkle of cats in red. But the cats that are red are so thick in just one group. Like, you can tell that the, the gang tension was completely different than Dago. So anyhow, we hang out up there. Uh, and I didn't realize how tripped out things was with this whole gang situation until I went in to get uh, some ketchup for a burger. And I go in there to get some ketchup. And I was going to basically place a whole order. But I go in there to grab some ketchup. And the girl is just like, hey, are you going to get this ketchup? Uh, are you going to get this food? Are you going to get it for here? Are you getting it to go? And it was more of kind of like getting it to go was what she was leaning on. And I'm just like, okay, uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to get it to go. Yeah, that, that sounds like a plan. Well, the thing she was trying to express to me was nobody up there orders that much ketchup unless they're in blood. Now, I'm like, and they go, homie, it don't matter what set you from. If you like ketchup on your fries, you like ketchup on your fries. I mean, I got homies that are crib homies. I've never seen them turn down ketchup because ketchup was red. So I was like, damn, these cats up here is really on some super duper extra thugging. But yeah, okay, sure. Just bag it up. It's cool, whatever. That spot, man, you walk outside later and that whole spot is just inundated with cats from the other side that apparently don't like ketchup. Imagine that. So you get it to go. You keep it pushing. But the whole time you're up there, your head is on a swivel because you're not from there. You know, and from what I understood the back then, you could be from there, but just be from down the block. And they still didn't like each other. So imagine how they're going to look at some cats coming from San Diego, hanging up on their spot, hollering at their females, eating up their food, having a good old time. It is what it is, man. We kept it cool. But at that particular time of my life, I'm looking at all these beautiful black people, but I'm looking at them as all a threat. Who's going to be the one to set it off? Who's going to cause me the problem? Who's going to be the one that's going to cause me to have to reach up under my jacket and let loose on something up here? Because that was the mentality that I had back then. Back then, I was institutionalized, but on the outside. You know what I mean? I was a victim of a system that we thought was normal. This was normality for us was to feel this way when we saw each other. The programming is thick because you see your brothers, you see your sisters, and you automatically think threat. But you see everybody else and you're like, oh, they're not tripping. They're civilians. They're peaceful. When those are the ones who are keeping you, in a sense, mentally trapped, right? So you go back, man. Like, we, we get out of there. We leave. But it wasn't just like that one trip to Crenshaw. I'd go back periodically. I'd go hit the Shaw. I'd go hit uh, the Slauson Swap Meet. It was just, you know, different areas in L.A. at that particular time of my life that was like, man, you know what? You're coming up here to get certain items that they didn't have in San Diego, uh, shit, man, them embroidered hats was probably going to have everybody almost murdered at one point from San Diego because nobody was making embroidered hats down here at that time, man. And, uh, you know, you go up there, man, you, you just see life for something so different. 
So you fast forward now, 20 plus odd years, dude's 47 years old. I go to L.A. I spend the whole weekend in L.A. and I'm just ripping and running all over the city, right? Places I hadn't been in L.A. and God knows how long. But I'm tripping because I'm viewing L.A. so differently now, which at 47 I should. There should be a lot of growth that comes in between that. But for some cats out there, they don't make that transition, man. That change never comes. They're still institutionalized to hugging the block. The gentrification is trying to take over and kick them out of anyway. But they can't let that go. They're still stuck in that mentality. Well, for me, a lot of things happened in life to shift me out of that. And a large part was taking those early adventures with Mike out of town to different places, stepping out of my comfort zone and getting comfortable around stuff that normally would have me shook. So now I'm up here in L.A., 47 years old, and uh, Saturday night comes, and it's time to go for dinner. Well, bam, we're about to go hit the spot called The District. All right, cool. The District is on Crenshaw. Cool. And it's not even ever hitting my mentality of like, damn, Crenshaw, nighttime, I don't want to go to Crenshaw. Because why? I'm in a different headspace these days. So I'm like, yeah, let's run down to Crenshaw. I'm with it. Let's go to The District. That's cool. We get down there. And I don't know if anybody's ever been to the district that's listening, but, you know, it's kind of like in the back of a parking lot where you park kind of like out in the back, like, I don't know, like just shit, a big parking lot in the back of a building, basically. You get out, you walk in, and with everything going on with COVID, you have to sit outside. It's kind of like a little patio set up. When I'm walking in, nowhere am I walking in feeling intimidated, threatened, scared, nervous, shook. I'm walking in, and I'm seeing all these brothers and sisters And I'm feeling comfortable. I'm feeling empowered. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling like, man, look at all these people relaxing and chilling and loving one another's time. You know what I'm saying? Just having a good time, loving around each other, right? I slide up in there. Ain't nobody worried about where you from, which set you claiming. None of that. And granted, you know, for age, it should be that way. But the point of this is basically saying, look at the, the growth that, Happened that I didn't really pay attention to it happening. It's just as a gradual shift of life. But from my 20s, going to visit Crenshaw with my head on the swivel, hand on my waist, waiting for some shit to pop off, to now in my 40s, going to Crenshaw, what I'm seeing now is networking opportunities. I'm seeing entrepreneurs. I'm seeing individuals who have endured the riots, the city burning down and rebuilding it. Looking at different characters and cats up in there like, man, you know how much knowledge and wisdom some of these people are holding? There's a table full of uh, older women. And they just ear hustling some of their conversations. You could tell that they've been through a lot, have seen a lot, lived through a lot. And they're there celebrating, which is funny because they're actually there celebrating life, somebody's birthday. So they're there for a birthday celebration. But they were still getting their tee-hee-hee on and cracking their jokes and you know, you could tell there are neighborhood fixtures, man. This is where they were from, where they grew up. There's another table full of brothers, right? Older cats, man, but not older, older. Probably somewhere around my age just looked a little bit older. But you had people bringing their kids over and introducing them. Um, these guys sat around, man. Everybody in there knew them. Everybody from the staff to just people that walked in. It seemed like those who didn't know them, damn, they wanted to get to know them. Hell, I wanted to go over and speak and sit down and chop it up with them and tell them about my times of coming up there when I was a youngster. You feel me? And to coming up there now and feeling so comfortable around my own people. You know what I mean? And it was a beautiful experience. So what I'm saying is to my younger cast that might hear this or anybody out there, 
somewhere we have to make that shift to where when you walk in and see your own people, you're no longer threatened or intimidated by your own people, man. The love that I could feel in that room was amazing. I think if I would have fell down, people would actually help me up. It wouldn't have been a bunch of laughter. If I would have dropped my wallet, a brother would have handed it back to me. If I would have left my cell phone on the table, the sisters would have been like, are you leaving your child, your phone on that table? You know what I mean? If I would have ran short of my bills, somebody would have got me. That's just the way I felt with the love that was going on, with the energy that was in that room. Now, 20-some-odd years ago, I would have walked in that room, surveyed that whole room, I would have looked for hats, shoelaces, flags, tattoos. You know what I mean? I would have looked at tats and then looked at the brothers and been like mean mugging as opposed to embracing them. I would have been mugging them, waiting for them to say something to me, waiting for them to see what they go, you know, if I'm going to say something to them and not in a peaceful sense. I think that's one of the things with us men is that we can look at each other and, and mean mug, but man, to look at each other, Smile, extend a hand, shake and half hug, almost kill some of these cats because they're not ready to make that move. But the thing is, we need to start embracing one another. That needs to be the way that we communicate on, on GP. And I know everybody's now with this whole COVID shit, so I'm sure we're not going to shake hands and, and half hug, but at least chunk the deuce at one another. Do the power fist at one another. Something to acknowledge the fact that I respect you as a brother, I respect you as a sister, and we're all in this together. You know what I mean? So you have to have some kind of growth. You know, I've gone through a whole lot of different stages in life. I've been through a whole lot of different states and cities. You know what I mean? And at the age I'm at now, to truly walk around feeling like the earth is my turf and when I see my people, I'm excited. You know, so I'm not intimidated. I'm not scared about nothing. I'm not worried about it. I don't feel threatened. I feel excited like, oh, there's my brothers, there's my sisters. Let me embrace that moment. I took a trip to, on the side note, I took a trip to Texas. I took a trip to Atlanta. I had such a good time because the brothers and the sisters in the South were speaking. And I spoke back. And I'd speak. And they'd speak back. You know, I'm not going to say this is how it was with every single group of people out there. But everybody I encountered, that's how it got down. So when I get over here to Crenshaw, and I get to take a, a step back and look at myself and say, damn, dude, your growth and maturity it has come so far to where you're not even thinking about anything that's gang related or threatening. You're just thinking brothers, sisters, entrepreneurs, politic network and success, the stories, the history that's all around you, the knowledge and wisdom that you could soak up from all these people. Like, hell, I'd like to go back up there and do a podcast with the owner of the district and chop it up with him to see how's business been, how the business get started Soak up game from these people, you know, and to people that are in your city, man. Yeah. Get outside of your city. Get out of your normal little envelope of people and explore. Man, when you see somebody out in another city, walk up on their brother, ask him what he's doing, how his life is, what's going on out here. Not neighborhood wise. If you see a successful person out there, someone that listen, they have success. If you're going out and you're patronizing the black business and you see some brothers there. Talk to them. Reach out. Politic, man. You know what I'm saying? Because the way the world is right now, if it's anything that America has shown us is that we need one another. We need to embrace each other. We are not each other's enemies. If anything, we need to unite. Unite quickly and try and build. Everybody wants the government to help everything with the economic situations and funding and so forth. Man, if we all got together and stopped worrying about what the other one has and start looking at how we can build 
on everything that we all have, man, we could take over, man. We could we could run things and not have to sit there and, and hope and pray for a stimulus check, hope and pray for economic uh, relief to come into our neighborhoods. We could start relief and giving our own relief for ourselves. You dig? So I mean, it starts off with something small. I mean, something as small as recognizing the fact that you've grown like I did on a random trip to L.A. You feel me? So I'm not going to tie you all up this evening, but if you take anything away from this, man, get out there, embrace your people, get out there and recognize the growth that you've had and the changes that you've made. Try and pass that knowledge and wisdom down to somebody else who might be struggling with that same transition. And let's start trying to build, man. Let's let's get comfortable with building with each other. And get uncomfortable with mean mugging one another, crabbing a barrel in each other, and talking bad. Let's get uncomfortable with that, and let's get comfortable with the love. You feel me? Spread that around, man. Embrace your brothers, your sisters, man. Embrace everybody. You know what I mean? But just a little tad bit of growth, man. A little story on growth. That's all it was. Just wanted to share a little something with y'all. And uh, hopefully everybody has a bunch of trips like I just did, man, from Dago to L.A. to the Bay. The ATL, man, wherever you want to go, man. All right, boy. It's your boy Dago Diddy, man. Claiborne Jackson, as my mama would say. Claiborne Jackson, you know, or Claiborne, the way that uh, corporate people like to call it. But either way it goes, man, y'all have a great day. Thank you for listening. Dago Diddy Vision. We out of here, man. <laughs>